Welcome to a series of conversations brought to you by Insurance Thought Leadership and ITL Innovators Edge, focused on innovation in the insurance industry and the transformation that's taking place as a result. Hi, this is Paul Winston, and I'm pleased today to be talking with Demetrius Gray, who is the co-founder and CEO of WeatherCheck. WeatherCheck is a startup that's focused on identifying uh, potential claims from property uh, loss events. And just last month, WeatherCheck uh, won the first Resiliency Innovation Challenge at ITC. So, Demetrius, welcome. Thanks a million. It's a pleasure to be here. So, maybe what would be helpful for our audience is just tell us, in your own words, a little bit about WeatherCheck and what you're doing, and um, you know what 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 won you the recognition uh, in the Resiliency Challenge? Yeah. So, WeatherCheck is a web-based application that tells, um, namely insurance agents and brokers, uh, carriers alike, before and after a severe weather event, to what degree it's impacted and insured, um, enabling them to really get ahead of the conversation and um, ultimately really beat out um, you know, some of the market forces that we see when catastrophic weather events impact markets. So roofers knocking on doors and attorneys going to houses and all of those sort of things that happen. Um, WeatherCheck is really the first of its kind solution that really looks at 24 hours before, 24 hours after, um, and gives sort of real-time analytics uh, at an agency level uh, on what you should or shouldn't be doing about that severe weather event. Well, and, and that's interesting. You say 24 hours before and after. I understand the after, how, how, so where does this data come from? How are you able to also analyze the exposure before something occurs? Well, so we, we the, the data itself is from the conventional sources that you already know, which are like NOAA, National Weather Service, uh, Wonderground feeds, you know, all of those sort of different sources. We take an all data approach um, and then we, we basically weight those data sources together um, to help us determine who's most accurate. Um, and that gets us to sort of our overall risk profile about, okay, well, do we think this is likely to affect this particular address um, within the next, you know, day uh, on subsequently down to the hours and minutes before an event occurs? Um, and that's important because there are certain storms that we know are coming, right? Um, and there are certain properties that we know are likely to be impacted over others. Um, just because of their build, just because of their age, all of the above, um, just because of the, the type of person that might be living in that house, uh, the demography there. And so we're able to um, basically put that through another algo um, that suggests, okay, here's what policyholders we believe are actually about to file. Um, and so really helpful stuff in the sense that there are a myriad of agencies throughout the country who find themselves inundated after a major hailstorm with, can you file this claim for me? Oh, I don't know if I should file. Can you send somebody out to look at it? You know, all of those sort of uh, questions that really are um, and, have, and have long been seen as problems, um, but really are opportunities um, to deliver value um, and actually really selling opportunities to introduce something new um, that the owner may not have had before um, and really set up really a great, great experience um, for what most people have been already paying for for quite some time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so the, the first peril that you're looking at, uh, it, it's, it's hail damage. Is that right? 
That's right. So hail anywhere in the continental United States. Um, we're excited to um, here early next year, introduce it in Canada um, as well. Um, and then the newest peril coming online is our, our wind modeling uh, for uh, the continental United States. And that'll be a uh, live uh, December the 1st. Excellent. And, and what makes, I mean, is hail sort of an opportunity because it's one of those things we know we can hear the house being struck by hailstones, but it's an often overlooked, you know, loss unless somebody literally is getting up on a ladder or launching a drone over their house that it's off, you know, it, it can cause some, until the roof starts leaking, I guess. Uh, you know, there's an entire um, ancillary industry around hail storms, right? Mm -hmm. so you have storm contractors going after hail storms. We have, uh, you know, attorneys. We have uh, material suppliers. We have a whole sort of cottage industry just based around this specific peril, which I think is incredibly important because quiet as it's kept, most carriers are losing their shirt in this area. Um, you know, and, and so that's why we started here. Um, that's actually the industry that I came from. I was a storm contractor for almost 10 years. Um, and so I know the problem intimately, um, but really just saw that there was an, an immense opportunity from the um, industry side, insurance industry side, to really change the way and really turn some of these things on their head a bit in terms of how we look at them. Well, it sounds like, it. especially if they're, you know, the ultimate payer in many cases, it it gets them involved and aware and maybe in control of the interaction with their customer before, you know, the attorney assists with the claim or, you know, uh, they're basically presented with a bill. Well, that's exactly right. And, and this is like, um, I, I could never quite understand as a storm contractor, why carriers weren't preempting the conversation with their insured because had they done that then i wouldn't have a leg to stand on as a contractor because mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh, the because the carrier sits in a position of credibility um and a position of trust um just by virtue of what they're offering to the client which is you know the sort of coverage when you need it right um but unfortunately because the industry is largely silent then they open themselves up to this sort of opportunity to execute against them, um, which is what we're trying to help them defend against, right? Which is this sort of preemption um, by, you know, other market forces um, that, you know, for good or bad exist. And, and I can understand how, say, the consumer would benefit from weather check. You know, you're helping identify, you know, possible damage to my, you know, my, my home or, you know, one other other property how are carriers reacting are they saying you know <laughs> you know they run the gamut and, and and here's and here's some of the challenge you know because you have to have you know the conversation in tandem with the pricing conversation like are we un underwriting the risk and pricing the risk well enough for the reality right and so if we were pricing the risk well enough then then that really wouldn't be a consideration right mm -hmm. um the, the the that question oh we don't want to chase down claims only suggests that we're not pricing the product right right <laughs> um and so so then we have to then have that conversation as well um but the truth of the matter is is that 
um, we're living in the information age and we, and we really have to address that head on, which is that, you know, if two guys in Louisville, Kentucky can build a, a weather engineering uh, piece of software uh, in a myriad of months and really kind of, in effect, crack the code for which houses are damaged and which houses aren't, um, and the only reason we know that is because we've actively filed claims and they've been paid every single time. <laughs> um, <laughs> the, 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 the truth is, is that then at some point that has to, that will be able to be done really quickly by almost anybody. Um, and the insurance industry won't have the control or the ability to kind of let sleeping dogs lie as they have over the previous decades. Where are you in your sort of stage of working with carriers? I, uh... Today, there's almost 18 carriers using WeatherCheck today for uh, whether that be on the claims or underwriting side of mm-hmm. the house. Um, we have almost 93 agencies um, around the country using the application, over 400 users um, within the agency uh, sort of segment of our business, um, actively engaging their policyholders um, when something happens. And this is really important because the, the, the inverse relationship to all of this is that policyholders or, or in agents have been incentivized based on those sort of loss ratios, right? And so giving them a tool that really gives them some clarity into, is this a legitimate loss? Is it not? Should we even be filing this claim um, is really, really impactful. Um, the, the, the inverse side of that conversation is, you know, we talk about the uptick in frequency, but we also have to talk about the downtick and this new data point that we have, which is how many insureds don't file because we give them good information, right? Good and point, yep. Now that's a new data point and, and WeatherCheck is the first company in the country to even have that data point because we're seeing when, oh yeah, the insured called in, but WeatherCheck said that there was no damage and so uh, they didn't file. Important point. Is, is in taking that a step further, does, is it also maybe um, can be a tool to identify potential claims fraud? Somebody filed a claim for hail damage, but we know an event didn't occur on such and such a date at such and such a location. That's exactly right. And that's what's happening in the underwriting process mm-hmm. uh, on the carrier side is that they're really using it to say, oh, looks like that event was damaging. And, and here's how it's different than everything Varus, Cask, and, and and these are the other companies, is that we're identifying what we believe to be a damaging weather event, not just whether or not it hailed an inch or whatever. Who cares about that? Like, we really are more interested in, was it an event that we should be looking at in a more, and scrutinizing it on a deeper level? Um, And so a number of carriers say, listen, if we say that there's a weather event that occurred in the past year, you know, we're not binding coverage on that asset. Um, until we have a, a deeper amount of clarity around whether or not this, this particular exterior of this home uh, is or isn't really damaged. Um, and so they do that with a field inspection or uh, an agency inspection or whatever that might be. What, what you're doing, providing this sort of data and you know, validation of whether an event occurred or not, putting it in the hands of the carrier, the agency or broker, you know, is something that we, we hear a lot of talk about the insurance industry wanting to get closer to the customer and wanting to build sort of loyalty and, and so on. And to me, this seems like a way to do it. We're coming to you before you come to us and saying, hey, we're aware you may have experienced something. We want to take the next step. 
That's, that's exactly it. And, and, you know, the thing is, is that, you know, I tell folks, you know, really you should think of weather check as the Carfax for severe weather damage. Um, you know, we, we're, we're an empirical third party. Um, we are insured enough to stand behind our own word. Um, you know, we're preparing to make some very, very significant guarantees to the industry about what we're telling you about an asset. Um, and, and that standard is going to be very, very high. Um, we're excited to announce some of those things early next year. Um, so that there is no question that, you know, when we say that we think an asset is impacted or it isn't, um, that there's some, some muster that the industry can stand behind. And so, um, you know, that's, that's, that's the big point, you know, we need to be closer and closer to the customer at every turn, even to the point of eventually helping them walk through what they just experienced. Um, and so whether that's a hailstorm, windstorm, hurricane, doesn't necessarily matter to us, wildfire. Um, there are all these subsequent questions that are being asked once you answer the question of whether or not this property was damaged. Um, and so that's really where we're going. Well, and it's interesting too, as you get better at the prediction piece, you know, as the, as the data gets better or your models get better, you know, being in a position to sort of warn about an impending event and, and, you know, create opportunities for, you know, mitigating any damage, you know, seems sort of interesting. I mean, there's just so many cool data points that we can pull out and, and, you know, like truthfully, like we want the industry to use the application. Um, but you know, we want the industry to, to use the data, but, but there's so many areas of opportunity that exist even outside of insurance alone where, um, really monitoring events as they occur um, at a geo-specific level um, really start to become very, very important, very, very impactful. Um, so we've had early conversations in the logistics space, um, you know, and, and in the mortgage space even, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just about like, okay, what, do you, what does it really mean to be really, really close to the assets that we have an interest in? Um, and understand exactly what's happening uh, in real time with those assets. So as you, as you, you know, are growing the company and trying to win customers, if, as you look ahead, you know, what would be on your wish list? What did you wish, what would you wish that the insurance industry and WeatherCheck could do together um, in a different or, or larger way? You know, I wish that the industry had some lens on what I believe is going to be an enormous problem. Um, specifically as it relates to increased deductible coverage. Um, they, in effect, are breaking the system um, in that if the average homeowner's deductible is $2,500, then that you've taken all, away all incentive to even really further protect their property. Um, and so uh, we're going to eventually see a trend in deteriorating housing stocks that we're now going to have to underwrite. <laughs> so, um, and so we may be creating a reverse problem um, that I think we need to figure out how to solve. I think the right answer is property and casualty gap insurance products um, that really insure the deductibles themselves. Hmm. Uh, you know, um, I, I see that as being a huge thing as I look at, you know, hundreds of uh, losses, you know, monthly, uh, you know, that's the one thing that I'm like, you know, and it's really, it's really creating an inverse relationship because 
The insured is now looking for cheaper labor. They're looking for a more shoddy contractor because they really don't have the cash to outlay up against um, up against that uh, that uh, that claim. Um, and so, you know, it's a really interesting challenge that I think um, I think we're going to start to work with some carriers on. Uh, you know, and so I'll leave it there. But um, I think gap coverage for property is going to become a real thing. Well, Demetrius, this is fascinating, and, and I think the, the, the long-term forecast for the company looks good. I think you're on a very uh, interesting path that benefits, you know, it's sort of win-win-win for the policyholder, the broker, agent, and the carrier, and yes. it'll be interesting to see uh, how things develop. All right. Well, you know, like we're excited. You know, our principal goal is to build a, a more resilient country, a more resilient world, um, and, uh, you know, do good all at the same time. And so, uh, it, it feels good to be embarking upon that journey. That's great. Well, thank you for joining us. All right. Take care. 